are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Colin McKay. Colin, where are we today? Um, work. We're at work. Because it's... We can't tell you where we work. We can't tell you where we work, but we're not at the bar because A, it's absolutely chucking it down and it's a bit, it's a five minute walk to the bar, but it seems like too much. It, it is, and there's no money as well. So and also no money, so but... To me, it's mainly the weather that's causing me to want to go outside. Yeah, is it? Oh, right. I'm for financial reasons. So, <laughs> so it's going to be free coffees in a movie. And yes. It's, it's free coffee. Free coffee as well. But we can still talk many movies. Yeah, we can, we can still talk. So what are you drinking, Richard? <laughs> um, I'm drinking hot chocolate because it's very cold. Um, it's nice to see you back, though, because last week I was doing it by myself. you, you done... How was that? It, oh, very odd. Well, it was it's like a monologue, wasn't you? It was basically a monologue, but it's weird talking to yourself and not getting any feedback that you want when you're talking about something. I feel this works best when there's a bit of debate or a bit of like... Somebody's either validating yeah. or, or dismissing your opinion. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> or, or agreeing with it, disagreeing <laughs> with it. Better, to be honest, better when disagree and then you get a bit of argument going. So it's very odd just to be sitting there talking and there's nothing going back Did you. you have a structure? Did you have it all? Just in the same trick we normally do, just movie to movie to movie to movie. But it was, yeah. Just you? Yeah, it's, it's, I went for, I think, 35 minutes talking oh. to myself, which... It's probably longer than any man should talk probably to himself. Get you committed in, in <laughs> most of our lines of work. It was uh, not a podcast. It was getting started was a problem. Once I get started, I seem to wander off quite well. It's so like, oh, well, it's Richard up here. Yeah, it's just from here. Um, did you do it naked? I did not do it naked. I did it in my pants, which is uh, as good. Well, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, get, we'll move swiftly on um, to some movies. So we'll start with your kill. What have you seen not at the cinema that you want to talk about of interest? I've seen a few things. Um, you've, been, you've been away for about three weeks now? I've been away for a wee while, but there was some stuff that I made to talk about last time but because I hadn't done it for a while. I was kind of catching up with mm-hmm. other stuff as well that I forgot to mention. So I'm, I'm going to go through quite, quite a few things. So I'll kind of take up a wee bit of my time mm-hmm. and, and go through my things. So um, first thing I watched, and th- this was just a notion I was just sitting one day um, and, and it popped into my head and, and it, that led me to watching one and then I was like oh, I want to watch the other one and then I want to watch the third one because I watched the other two um, and it's uh, of course the Dark Knight trilogy it um, started out with I, I don't know why I just had a notion to, to watch Dark Knight Rises the one okay. playing in it um, and I, I watched that how does the Dark Knight Rises hold up on multiple viewings now? It, it dilutes each time you watch it. It it's really does. Great, but what I was thinking about earlier was what's really sad about this is we had um, Batman and Robin. Yes. Which gave us the version of Bane. Uh-huh. Everybody went fucking mental because it was like absolutely everything Bane shouldn't be. Uh-huh. Um, and then the Dark Knight Rises gave us everything Bane should have been, but the kind of movie surrounding it. Let it down almost. Yeah. Um, the treatment of Bane at the end is also the treatment of Bane at the end is also horrific. Like how they how they dispose of that character. Oh, the, the kind of mask and dismissiveness. No, no, it's just about that it's like he's, he's taken out and it's almost like just as a he's gone. A yeah. side thing. It's yeah. not even. Yeah. Uh, but up until then, I mean, you know, he's the, the kind of big hulking master strategist. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, he's ruthless and he's cunning and stuff like that. And it was the Bane that, that every Batman fan wanted. wanted yeah. Just everything else in the film was just poor and. It just it was let down by and half away. Once again, I just I still don't see the point of her character in that film. No, I agree. Still, I, still don't. I like and I love Anne Hathaway. And yeah, yeah, both yeah, like Anne I, I don't like her as much. much yeah, I think you're a big fan. Big fan of Hathaway, but she does seem underused in that film, and her role just seems completely pointless. pointless. Yeah, it's like, take her out and take out the film. It's, it's exactly the same film. I wouldn't, wouldn't miss a beat. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And you can also take you can also take Talia Rigo uh, out of the film as well, and you still if you have a Batman, waste of an actress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem. I mean, I've always said, that the, 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 um, who is it? Nolan has a real problem with third act yeah, movies, and, it and I think it really shines sorely. specifically in the Dark Knight yeah, Rises. I think it's a yeah. terrible third act. So because I watched that, um, that made me retcon. Um, so rather than go to the middle film, I went to the first one. Okay. <laughs> Don't know why. Um, yeah. So I went back to Batman Begins. Um, for me, up. Um, I, was, I wasn't a fan, me and you spoke about this line before, but when it first came out I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Second and third time I've seen it, I've mm, kind of warmed it slightly, and now that I've seen it, this is maybe my kind of fifth or sixth year inside, and it's about, what, kind of ten years old now? Oh, if, yeah, maybe more than that, yeah. Yeah, and, and now, you know, I'm a lot more kind of, yeah, I, I kind of see it now, and, and I get it, do where he was going with stuff for that, and I appreciate it a lot more. Still not my favourite, my favourite is, of course, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, and we spoke about this the other day and what we're saying is it's a good movie made great by an amazing performance I, I think yeah. it is what it is um, again the third act I think has problems 
always, always, always yeah. out all of them, that's the part that stands strongest. Strength strongest, um, yeah. It, um, just it, watching Heath Ledger again the other night, and that was a fucking powerhouse performance. I mean, he not, deserved that Oscar. Do you not feel when you watch it now, any scene where Ledger's not on screen, you're almost not bored by it, but you're almost like you're just you're waiting. Well, you're waiting for him to come back. back on, for and sure. when yeah. anytime he's not on screen, the film it, I'm not going to say falters because it's still a very good film, mm. but it does lose something. Like yeah, he is the driving force of that he's film. A car- the, the, the like, of that film that, yeah, that and without him in the film, it is it's not it's by no means a poor film, but you're literally just waiting. It, it's almost I can't say it's like Silence of the Lambs without Hannibal Lecter because I think Silence of the Lambs holds up even when Hannibal Lecter's not on screen. Yeah. But there are films like when you look at it, you go, oh, God, that film just is all about him. It's it's, 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 it's him that, that makes the film a great oh. film. It's, I think it's a good film, but he makes it. He, he makes it. He elevates it to a great film. Yeah. It's just the, the, the bit that when I've first seen it and, and when I've seen it again the other night that, that resonates and sticks with me most is. Um, when he's doing his first home video, and he's got he's ter- he does that voice. Ah, he's look at me, but uh-huh. it's proper. You know, you're like Jesus. He's you know how far into that character is he? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it, it's proper fucking horrifying. Um, but no, I really liked it. Um, interestingly, just a, a wee snippet is um, Kelly Murphy who plays the scarecrow, uh-huh. who was really really underused in, in the first one. It's almost he's in it because no one likes him, so he yeah. wants to try and put some sort of through. So he's in the first one. I think he's an underused villain. The first one, yeah, as yeah. most villains are in comic book yeah, films. Yeah. They put him in the second one in a very throwaway role. Very, very, and then the third one was a cameo. A cameo, yeah. Uh, just to my wee bit of knowledge, is he's the only Batman villain to appear in three films. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. But um, yeah. I like, I mean, I like him as an actor. And I think he's a great actor. You feel yeah. he could have done more with that character. They, they, they really could have explored that a lot, lot more, a lot more. And, and they just never done that. Um, but Kelly Murphy was—he's he's always enjoyable. But to you watch. do wonder where do you put him in? Because if you're going to make the joke of the second film, you can't just suddenly have the scarecrow turn up. You know, that's, yeah. that, you, know yeah. you get in the, the, the Spider-Man 3 scenario of having too yeah. many badges. And then you've got, in the third one, you've already got Bane. You've Plus got Rasa Ghul. So you, again, you, you've got to throw another villain into that as well. Yeah. You know, Plus Catwoman, who's a kind of... It's, it's ambiguous as to what she yeah, is, you know, she, so you can't really throw, throw a third person in there, she, a fourth a person in there. as well. Um, but, but, yeah, overall, revisiting the trilogy, is, as much as I think Dark Knight Rises is the weakest film, it's just not a bad film. It's, just, it's, it's watchable. Very quickly, let's compare it to the other comic book trilogies. Other comic book Right, so you've got the Iron Man trilogy. Is it better or worse than the Iron Man trilogy? It's better than Iron Man trilogy, I think, because Iron Man 2 is pretty poor. 3's not three's amazing. Three's I mean, amazing. I don't know, and one... I think one's a good film. Okay. It's so a you, good film, but I think it's better than the Iron Man trilogy. Cap trilogy? Ooh, I would give it a hard one, because I don't think the first Avengers is the best film. I think I think the Cap trilogy works as a trilogy. Yeah. There's a there's a definitive through line with that character all the way from start to finish yeah. over the three films. It's a three film arc, whereas Batman doesn't have that. I think the first film in Cap is what puts me off most of them. I think the first one just builds. It just puts every mm-hmm. building block of what you need from that I character. Mean, I think you're a bit off possibly, yeah. But I think it's a film I think it works totally well. I, I love that film. I love the. I think I think the, I think the trilogy of uh, Cap is the best trilogy of the Marvel universe. Possibly, yeah. I think you're probably right with that. But I don't know. But, but you said, would you want to watch again Dark Knight or the Cap trilogy? I, I, Possibly to go that night actually, mm-hmm. just based because on the, the second one. I don't one. want to sit through Cap One. Yeah, Cap One again. Is it um, better or worse than the Thor trilogy? Oh, it's much better. Um, <laughs> even with even with Ragnarok. I've seen that Ragnarok again. Um, I would pick Ragnarok over everything we've just spoke about. Right. Um, but sitting through Thor One and Two is. It's tough, tough going. Um, the Thor trilogy, Spider Man One, Two, and Three, the Raimi ones. Oh, because no. One and Two are brilliant. And I think Three's kind of. Alright, as well. Dink getting sort of a bit I, more I, love I, than it should get now. I enjoy it. I, I like um, Thomas Hayden Church. He, he plays a bit, a bit of pathos to that villain, yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he's the most believable thing in it. Um, and Franco is author reservation for most of the film. Yeah, I don't know where Franco <laughs> I don't know which fucking film he was in. I think we, we spoke, we touched this last week, because yeah, we're going to talk later on about Venom, but mm. Topher Grace's Venom, I think, is a comic book fan. We all wanted to see Venom, so yeah. just seeing him in any carnation on the screen was exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just wasn't. Wasn't good. It, you know, it could have been a lot better. You know, it was basically a skinny guy in a black suit. What do you like? What Spider-Man trilogy first of all, or the Dark Knight trilogy? Spider-Man. Uh, Blade trilogy. Blade over Spider-Man. What about Blade over Batman? Yeah, because yeah, I, Blade, Blade, I do love Blade, Blade trilogy. One and two. Fourth one, I'm not. It's ropey, fan yeah. Of, but the, the first two. First two are fantastic, yeah. And wow. the first one is a phenomenal. Um, do we count X Men one, two, and three like the X Men one, yeah, two, and up to the last stand? Yeah, you could count them as well. Um, one is good, two is phenomenal, three is diabolical. diabolical yeah. <laughs> I think it's out of stuff. Is there a trilogy of the new ones? Because there's a trilogy. There's um, first class, uh, 
Day of the Future Past and Apocalypse. Yeah. Again, one was good, two was excellent, three is terrible. Yeah. And it looks, judging by what I've seen of Dark Phoenix so far, terrible. Yeah, looks, yeah. Looks awful so as well. What we're saying is the Dark Knight trilogy, you've, apart from Blade and Spider Man. Yeah, that one. I, right. I, I like Batman. Batman's, Batman's good, yeah. Batman's well fucking Batman as well. Yeah. Anything else of interest you watched? Anything else of interest to watch? Yes, I did. <laughs> Took an ocean to watch um, the Bible. The five hour epic? Three and a half hour epic. This one with Charlton Heston? Uh, no, he's not in it. Um, George C. Scott's. Yes, that's one um, thing, sorry. Do you know who else is on it, Rob? Who? Who plays Adam? <laughs> which I didn't realise. Who? Michael Parks. Oh, is it? He's Adam oh, I didn't in, know that. in the Bible. And he's, he's this beautiful. Beautiful man. It is odd when you see actors who you know sort of like sort of curmudgeonly yeah. actors, and you see them with young men. You go, you're a, I can see why you're an actor because you're a handsome bastard. Because I was watching, and it's like, I mean, the first forty-five minutes is, is Adam mm. and Eve, and it's just him walking about, you know, with strategically placed camera shots yeah. and, and trees, and you're like, he's handsome and he's chiselled, you know, yeah. and he's does kind of beautiful, almost elf-like face. And I'm yeah. like, who is that? And then I looked up, and I was like. Fuck. Aye. I, I was like, no. It's not sweet. I had to double check to see Michael Parks. Aye. And, and, and it's, it's him. I mean, um, you even look at the big ones, like you look at like you look at young Brando. Like, we all know Brando from like Godfather, and he's like an old man, and he's yeah. sort of chubby, and he's overweight, and he's looks horrendous. But you look at him like he was in On the Waterfront. And he's absolutely stunning. Stunning man, same yeah, as him. What's his name? Um, obviously, Newman's always been a good looking man, but. Um, yes, yeah. And a few other ones like Redford and people like that, you know, they've looked kind of curmudgeonly now, but you look at, or even Tony even Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, you look at him back in the day. He's, he's a good looking man, and that's why he always. Clint Eastwood to an extent. Clint Eastwood well. Ah, exactly. These guys like the good looking guys, and that's why they became like sort of actors. Yeah. So the Bible, how did it hold up as an epic? Um, I made it to Abraham, Abraham. and I kind of dropped out. <laughs> I, but that's it, two hours in. It's a long you way, know, is so, it? Yeah. So I've done Adam and Eve, um, I've done the floods, we, we know. Right, exactly. okay. So, so I did, you know, I did get an actually done Abraham, and I made it up to. Well, I'm not a religious person just to give the, the, mm-hmm. the listeners some confidence I'm, I'm not religious at all I'm like the anti-religious yeah. person <laughs> but I do like a biblical yarn and yep. sword and sandals and stuff like that um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it um, you know, it was just good fun um, what was weird I was going to say was um, Michael Parks for me is probably best known for delivering these blistering monologues, monologues yeah, yeah. And he says about three words. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really kind of weird. It's odd because that I, as well. Like, this man can deliver a speech. He, I, he can do All dialogue. Is as good no as Samuel Jackson, Jackson. Yeah. You know, he, he knows how to do dialogue. Speaking, um, but fuck it, looks good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I quite enjoyed the Bible. Um, it was just a random. I was just flicking through, and I was all. Oh, I do. It's on. I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? Uh, where did I get? I think it's on Netflix and now TV as okay, well. Okay, so I, I, maybe it's on Sky or so, and I thought <laughs> I do want to sit and watch this. Cause I, I do this whole the old the sort of old Hollywood epics yeah. are always something special. Yeah. And also, I particularly wanted to watch it after I watched Hail Caesar. Right. Because it felt like that was sort of a <laughs> it made see. sense. Yeah. Which it would have done. done. Um, but it, it just the running time of like three hours forty. It's it, like it <sighs> I think um, what, what's dead sweet is I was watching it and um, it stopped and it came up intermission. Uh huh. So it's actually got. You know, built in. We went and seen Sound of Music at the cinema maybe yeah. about two months ago, yeah. and again, intermission in that. <laughs> also, if you watch. It's Gom- really quaint. It's quaint, yeah. yeah. You watch Gone with the Wind on DVD, they have an intermission moment with that, and it's yes. like, that again, it's like fucking four hours it's long. Like they know you, you need a break. <laughs> Everyone needs a break, yes. Take a break, you know. <laughs> we'll be here when you can. Would you recommend back. watching the Bible then? I, I would. Um, they say it is a storm, but it, again, it's not about religion, you know, it's just about. It's epic storytelling. People say, yeah, the Bible's a good fucking story. Uh-huh. Regardless of how you, you talk about it, I'm not you know, trying to cause controversy. It's just a good story. It's a good, and, and it makes a story. for good TV. You know? yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched the Bible. Um, I also watched, um, which I've not ever seen, and everybody loves it, and as, I, I suppose, a film buff, I would call myself, or an avid movie watcher, Lost in Translation. Good shout. Um, I was just sitting bored one night, and I thought, I need to watch something. What can I watch? And flip through, and I seen it. And... Yeah, I see, I, I see what the hype's about, but I can also see the divisiveness where you get the other camp that's like nothing happens, uh-huh. and I'm like, yeah, nothing happens, but in know, a beautiful way. Yeah, yeah, in, in such a perfect way, you know, nothing happens, and by the end, you're so sad and you feel so much for these characters, and you're like, but you know, they should have, and what if, and mm. but they never, and you know, that's that's the point, you know, it's just a wee kind of 
Do you think it's Bill Murray's best performance? Well, Caddyshack is Straight. But it was like a Scarto was amazing. She was 17. She was young in that film, yeah. She's a kid, and fucking hell, man. You know what? Stunning performance from everyone involved. I think she got a nomination, didn't she? So did Bill Murray, I'm sure. And both of them did. But wow, I was just totally blown away. And I get it, I get the fuss. But I can see why people. Because we've got patience for a slow bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Know, we, we have more than most. And I can see why some people would be like, you know, nothing happens. But it's like, you know, fucking pay attention to the film. You know what I mean? There is stuff happening, do you know what I mean? And, you know, feel something for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a huge that. fan. Some people are like uh, Stu, who sometimes is on the podcast. He absolutely adores that film. Mm-hmm. Like, he, uh, some, that film captures him That's in a way that's. Yeah, yeah, it captures him in a way that, that, like, I don't understand to an extent. Um, I like the film. I think it's a good, well-done film. I think Sophie Coppola has done better things. Like, I, I actually prefer The Virgin Suicides, which right. she's done. I think that was a film she's done before. And I actually really enjoyed the one she'd done recently, The Big Isle. Oh, I don't see that. You're a I'm sorry, but I actually quite like that version of that film. Um, but I can see... I, I see Lost Transition has everything that makes it... I can see why it's a cult success. Yeah. It has all the pieces there. Like, has Bill Murray doing a, a, a real performance, like a proper... like a, like. Heartfelt, heartfelt performance. Yeah, you can always yeah. see. Yeah. In the same way you can see when you watch Robin Williams in Awakenings or Robin, yeah. it's it, you feel something there, and he's he's tapping into something to be deeper in his own personality that's bringing this out. I think it shocks you when you see such a funny man playing such a sad, sad, desperate role. Kind uh-huh. of, I, I don't know. Do you know I mean, jaded role, but yeah. you know, I think that really kind of that's what gets you. Like you know, I'm used like, to him being the fool. Like Jim Carrey as well, to an extent. You're like, you know, yeah. these people really know they have got pathos about them, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So, last one, um, one I've watched this week, I'll bounce one in, is a film called The Terminal, which is. With Tom Hanks? No, that's The Terminal, it's called Terminal. It's um, directed by a guy called Von Steen. Um, it's got Margot Robbie in it, it's got Simon Pegg, Dexter Fletcher. Um, it's basically it's a kind of punk, cyberpunk, thriller noir set, maybe in the future, I'm not really sure, maybe an alternate timeline about a series of hitmen who are trying to kill somebody um, at the same time Margot Robbie flits in and out of life in different guises sort of confusing them and becomes a sort of foil within that um, I can when honestly say it was, was it this year it was out, oh, it was out the st- it, well 2017 it was out at the start of this year right. but, but it was um, thoroughly derided by critics in America didn't get any release over here and to be honest I can absolutely understand why it was Utter shit. What happened? Because that's, I mean, when you're looking at the cast there, so Margot Robbie can act. She, Margot Robbie can act, yeah. She, she's, she's absolutely stunning and the camera loves her, but yeah. she, she can act as yes. well. She's got range. Um, Peg can act, Peg can act as well. Ask and Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, Always good to see him in a film, yeah. Like, he's got an eye for you know, yeah. both sides, so you think that experience would shine or, you know, from the other side. What yeah, Vaughn Steen, the, the director and writer, I believe, has seen Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs too often and believes that he is the next Tarantino and has fallen in love with his own dialogue. And it's somehow convinced everyone on set and everyone in the production that he is a new Tarantino. Right. The, the genius of a guy like Tarantino, like Robert Rodriguez, like um, an Oliver Stone, guys who, or, you know, um, Adam Sorkin, when they write dialogue that you think is like sort of, it's diatribes and it's sort of people going into these monologues, it has to be compelling and it has to be entertaining, it has to have yeah. a point. This is just sense, like stuff and you go, that's shite, that, that's utter crap. Has it got relevance? Or no. It just, you know... Yeah, it's almost like when you're listening to like Reservoir Dogs and they do the, like, the Madonna story. Yeah. You go, what the hell's this point is? And then it has a point at the end of yeah. it. It's like, that's... Whereas he's just trying to be profound, but... And it's, you know, yeah, being profo- trying to be profound yeah. and coming across the way yeah. of the wanker. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie is a... I agree, she's a great actress. She's yeah. done some fantastic stuff. We've all liked her a lot of stuff. Yeah. This film basically has... does nothing with her other than say, let's buy a series of Anne Summers outfits and put her in nose and we can use sexy costume as opposed to, you know character development which is a total waste for character to be honest because yeah. she's a great actress and I can see why she's doing it because in the film she plays a, a series of different sort of roles and different faces so it appealed to her in that respect but just unless the script had something different in it maybe they thought the, the editing would save it in some way but honestly I was watching it it's on for about an hour and 40 and every minute of it was a real struggle I wasn't angry. Just I've only watched it at home, so it wasn't like it was a, like it was angry. But it just felt like it felt like a real missed opportunity for that cast. Mm. Um, does not inspire me to go and see anything that Von Steen may or may not do in the future. Is this his debut, right? yeah, debut, right. yeah. and hopefully it's his. I, my opinion, I hope it's his last. But well. who knows? Um, <laughs> Write him off. Well, it's just, it's just, a, just a bad movie, man. Honestly, bad. It's a bad film. I mean, given maybe something happened with the studio, with the studio stepped in and they've 
Hadera ideas. They've, they've had ideas and they've pushed this all away. Sometimes bad directors do want to make his movies. Up. Absolutely. Like, there's always a thing. Edgar Wright has first film we one star by Empire, then after that he done, f- you know, three yeah, classics, yeah. four classics after that. So yeah. there's always that push. But honestly, this film, it, it would not make me rush to go and see his next film. But um, yeah, it was. I would give it three out of ten. Really poor, very poor. That, that's like Mordecai levels of bad. I just did not, I did not embrace it at all. I kind of feel I want to watch now. Again, that's why I would say watch it, yeah, because just to see if you agree. On Netflix or Amazon? Amazon, I don't have Amazon. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be on Netflix eventually because they'll have to try and get the money back somehow. We've been on every fucking available platform. Out to, to every media. Available. Yeah, if it's not one Margot Robbie will look back on a few and go, that was a good choice. Yeah. Um, that was maybe get something from it as a from a professional I, I point might of view. Read up on it and see what's happening because they're just saying it might be that you know somewhere along the line somebody's derailed it. Could possibly, yeah. I mean, it doesn't to me strike me as of studio interference. It does strike me as a guy with a singular vision that's just yeah. not been pulled off right. Surely, what's good? I mean, I'm going to assume it's not self-finance no. so why, why don't people just rein these fuckers in and that's what I've never I think sometimes when the budgets are low enough they don't have to they feel like that's ah, not much worth well, and maybe we might, we, we might get a gem out if we don't get a gem fuck it just stick it out anyway. they're not going to lose on it Aye. which is a shame yeah so. also it might be that maybe Margot Robbie wanted to do this film it's her, it's her power and she's saying she, maybe she likes the director maybe she somehow met him and mm-hmm. enjoyed his you know, work and wanting to work with him She's a power. She's the reason why this film probably get made. Because Margot Robbie is the star she's of the So if she's saying no, we're doing what he says, then maybe she should have been fine. If we want Margot Robbie to be in the film, we've got to do what she wants essentially. Is that was it. Yeah. Anything else you watched at home? Anything else I watched at home? I did. Um, I watched um, this, this. This again was about um, six weeks ago now. Okay. And I wanted to talk to you about it because it's one of the, the, the most bizarre experiences I've kind of had watching a movie and I'm still kind of confused I don't understand quite what I've watched <laughs> what was it? Um, it's called The Hotel in New Hampshire well I've not seen this but I've seen it on Netflix um, yeah yeah it's what's it about roughly? honestly I, I'm, I'm I don't know it's about this hotel in New Hampshire family know that they kind of buy a hotel doesn't kind of do so well to give it up and they move on to the next hotel that they buy Right. It doesn't do so well, and they give it up, and and, and that's it. But it's interspersed with characters that come in out of their life. Um, Anyone big in it? Rob Lowe, Jodie Foster. Oh shit! Um, Is it an old film? Yeah, nineteen eighty-four. Right, okay. I believe it was. So this, you know, it's a John Hughes era film. Uh-huh. Um, a big kind of part of the film, uh, and this is done in the most bizarrely non-judgmental way is looking at the incestuous relationship between Rob Lowe and Jodie Foster because they're brother and sister right okay and, and they want to sleep together and that's the point of the film no 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 that's just a bit tight about that's it that's the point that's part but of the film but um, spoiler you haven't seen it I don't care but the end of they sleep together right at no point is that ever any judgement it's just like yeah they like each other once you together that's it <laughs> that, that's as much as that's explored and yeah they do and, and, and that's it um, it's just Fucking uh, Nastasia Kinski's in it, who plays a bear. She dresses up in a bear costume. Right, okay. Um, do you know what I mean? Her name's like Frankie the Bear. It's her character. Right, okay. Stuff for it. Uh, Wallace Shawn's in it uh, as well. It's just, it just utterly, it's like. So 1984. That's Jodie Foster post Taxi Driver post. Yeah. Um, Kid, Malone. Kid we chubby face and all stuff for that. Is this after Freaky Friday? I think so. So, also Rob Lowe, 1984, he's done The Outsiders by this point? He's done The Outsiders, possibly Youngblood. Well, about so around about that yeah. era, so it's young. Yeah, so is this almost a film that's done to try and like, go, we are serious actors, I we are going to no, prove as our acting chops? I think what I would describe it as is, um, it's like a Wes Anderson film, but if Wes Anderson was to take a lot of drugs <laughs> okay. and, and try and make a Wes Anderson film that somebody described him what a Wes Anderson film was. Right, okay. It, you know, it's proper, you know, you come out of it and you're not sure, you think you like it, but then you think, I don't know if I did like it or not, right. but then... Sounds more like, not Wes Anderson, it sounds more to me like the guy who done Three Kings and also David O. Russell. He did, sure he did The yeah. Fighter and he did... Um, no, no, this this is just abstract bananas. I mean, he does abstract bananas when he does something like um, what's the film with Jennifer Lawrence he did? The, you know, like Joy and stuff like that. You yeah. know, it's, it's kind oh, of no, that no, level, not that no, level kind of no, stuff. No, no, that's, no, it's just fucking bizarre. <laughs> okay, dude, there's a scene where it's got a, a bear, a real bear riding a bike. I mean, I'm I'm sold already. <laughs> 
Who directed it? Um, it sounds it sounds almost French. Um, it, it's based on a novel, and right. I don't know if the book's French or not. Um, Nineteen eighty four was that Twin Peaks era? I don't think so. The Hotel New Hampshire, right? So let, let me just give you some of the cast first of all. Right? Um, Rob Lowe, Rob Jodie Lowe. Foster, Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges, right, okay. Uh, Lisa Barnes is in there. Okay. Um, Seth Green, isn't it? You're almost a young Seth Green. But he's, he's, he's like the baby of the family. Oh, he, he's be. like, you know, he's like a six year old kid. He was young when he was in the X Files, and that was like 93, something like he was in that. Um, as I said, Wallace Shawn, I always like Wallace, Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn as well, yeah, I was Always, always makes me smile. Matthew Modine was in it as well. Oh, okay. Um, so it is the Brat Pack, not Brat yeah, Pack, but sort of that era. Almost. Uh, Modine's a douchebag, and it was directed by Tony Richardson. Who done who, what else? Um, <laughs> Quickly, just flicking through, and um, he's done a lot of films. He's done Blue Sky, mm. Planet of the Opera TV series. Nah. Um, oh, he's, I'm going back here to look for anything that just kind of really relevant at all. Ned Kelly. The thing, or the the that's a weird film. Have you ever seen? Ever watched that? I've not, but not, he's done Chartered Light Brigade. Okay. Um, so it's a couple of big ones. Tom Jones. Um, so the, the Entertainer. I can't have seen Entertainer. Entertainer's um, 1960, I don't know, maybe. Paul Newman's Entertainer's actually, that would be second to Gambler TV movie there. Okay, so he has got that. some credit for entertainment. Yeah, but it's, I would urge you to see it, and I would urge anyone else to see it, and then try and explain it to someone else what you just watched. Right, cool. It is, you know. If it's on Netflix or um, Amazon it's on, or it's um, on, Sky, how will you look for it now? Definitely, it'll be on Sky for you. And uh, the last one I want to talk about, um, just to put myself back, because I feel a bit weird. After watching the Hotel New Hampshire? Because it brings back what I see, yeah. but I don't, I still don't know don't what, what, happened. What, what that was, you know. Um, at one point it involves, like, um, I think Belgium, perhaps, or something like that, or, or a terrorist plot to blow up a hotel. <laughs> For no reason whatsoever? It, it, that's how fucking it does it sound awfully French to me. It's, it's like nuts. very European cinema. It's yeah. nuts. It's right. just fucking nuts. I will look for that. Um, the last one I watched is, I think this is quite a recent movie called Don't Hang Up. It's a wee horror film. Oh, I heard this one. Um, it's... Anyone big in it? No. No. Solid. Um, really predictable. Mm-hmm. But really solid and really, really well done. Some really clever camera work. Um, Netflix, Sky, what um, was it? It's on Sky. Sky. Um, cameras going through keyholes, that kind of thing. You know, it's quite stylized. It's almost the same way that, you know, the Evil Dead set itself apart by not by doing the same story I had to seen a thousand yeah. times, but it would be but but just done, doing it in an interesting way. Basic premise is um, these kind of bunch of jackasses do prank calls. Um, they take a prank call too far. Um, Someone calls them in the house and basically says, you know, your douchebags don't dare hang up, and then they hang up, and then that brings that up. So they become victims of their own prank. Their, right. their own prank, yeah, and it just kind of escalates from there. Um, quite tense, quite dark. The camera works really, really good. Acting's not amazing, as you know, you, these guys are, you know, fucking right. Oscar winners by, by any means, but what horror actors are ever are. But, Really, really enjoyed um, I would have uh, out of 10 if I was rating it as you know, a cinematic license would do. I'd probably give it a solid 6.5, 7 out of 10. I take it's a, a quite a tight 90 minute thriller. Aye, aye. aye, it flies but it doesn't labour. You know, it right. kind of gets, gets through it, you know, and by the end you're, you're like, you know, One for the Halloween watching? Possibly, yeah. yeah. But um, no, it's on Sky, so um, don't hang up. Don't hang up, I will look for that chance, one. Yeah, real, and it's quite, you know, a few bits of gore on it as well, and kind of blood and horrible things like that. Nice one. Yeah, I will look out for that one. Sure. That's all my, my home viewing over to you. Last home viewing I had was one I watched on Amazon, which is, I think you saw it in the cinema, but I've only seen it in the cinema, it was a film called The Commuter. Oh, yes. Starring Liam Neeson. Um, have you yeah, seen this film? I've seen it. I, I, I enjoyed that immensely. I enjoyed it. You know what? See, these films, in the hands of any of anyone else in the lead role, I think would be utterly, utterly forgettable and utterly stupid. And, in fact, it is still utterly stupid, yeah. but completely disposable. In the hands of Liam Neeson, it, it has a certain level of like, I'm quite enjoying this, I'm enjoying the insanity of it. You root for Neeson, don't you? Uh-huh. You do, he's such a personable character, yeah. you just root for him always. Because it, it, it goes from like sort of like a really stupid premise to even stupid premise, but then has a little bit of like dog day afternoon in it towards yeah. the end. Aye, aye, absolutely. And also um, Sam Neill turned up. Sam Neill, again, literally for, <laughs> for literally five minutes. But when he does, you just get that, that smell. Like, again, Patrick Wilson's in it as well. Patrick Wilson. Who else in it? The guy from Breaking Bad who dies. In Break, not Breaking Bad. Um, I Breaking Bad, the guy in Breaking Bad. The guy in the trailer from the bald guy. Everyone dies in Breaking Bad. Yeah, well, he's in it. Mike. 
Mike. Mike. Kerman, Mike. 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 No, no, Mike's a police officer in Breaking Bad, is he not? No, no, Mike's a hitman. Hitman, okay. Oh, Mike. Mike. Mike in Breaking Bad. Um, also... That was good about what it was, wasn't it? It was good, yeah. Uh, oh, bastard. You're an absolute prick. He's, he's barely in the film when it's like, oh, totally. shit. Um, is it Vimeera Farmiga as well? She plays, like, sort of the... Mm-hmm. She's in it as well. And again, really solid cast, and it's a really dumb idea, really cheap idea, but it's well pulled off by the guy. I can't remember the guy's name directed, but he directed The Shallows as well, which I thought was, again... Again, um, talking about what I was saying about the, the last film, with the, the camera shots, mm. this was similar, where the camera would go through... Well, was, uh, obviously, like it was quite kind of clever. You know in a I mean? film like this, you've, if they're trying to keep it all on the train, they've got yeah. to try and make use of the train as much and, as and possible. You do. You feel enclosed. You, uh-huh. know, you feel like I'm in this train. Yeah. It's like training for sand, is it as well? Yeah. You feel, you know, you don't feel like it's a movie. You feel like you're in this confined space. Yeah. With um, the who was it? Uh, Kenneth Branagh done it quite well recently in Modern Norman Express. Express as well. He, yeah. keeps it, he keeps it contained within the train, yeah. so you feel like you're part of the train, becomes a character within the film. Yeah, and it's, it's clever the, camera work, isn't it? Just, the know, limitations of what the train can offer become yeah. part of the story. Yeah, so, um, yeah, It's a solid 6 out of 10 viewing. It's completely done. It's 100 and Hundred minutes long, something like that. Aye, it doesn't leave. But it blows by, and it's for what it is. It's it's fun, dumb action. It's a good action film to watch. What got me about it was when you're watching Neeson fighting on the train. It's so like you're like, no, Neeson can't do that. Yeah, he's too old for that shit. He's like, go Neeson. Go Neeson. Yeah. He gets to the point in the film going, I'm sixty years old, and he goes and he's throwing himself around like he's a twenty year old man. It's like you love him for it. You've you know, you're like keep keep. Fucking doing that. Go on, Nissan. I think go. he's got much more in the way of action. I think he said himself he's maybe he's reached the end of his tenure as an action star. We're next for Nissan, so he's done he, he's done historical. He's done Well his next it? film he's doing is um it's called it's the one about the about the, the lady the women who are the wines of the hitmen who all get killed. Ah, Widows? Widows, yeah, he's in that. I think he plays one of the hitmen in that, so he's in that. Right. Um, Other than that, I've not really heard much about what he's doing after that. Has Neeson done... I know he's done really, really dark comedy in terms of dark man. Has he done comedy? Is is this something he's explored? When he's doing comedy, he's doing comedy sort of, he's playing it as almost a joke on himself a little bit. When you see him in stuff like... He's almost the foil, but what... You know, like something like um, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Right. He's been a... He's playing it straight kind of like Tommy Lee Jones style to be right, funny right, he's okay. not done a f- I think he said he, said he would like to do a flat out comedy but yeah. obviously people don't want to cast him in a because I mean he's a great actor and you've got to assume that his timing would be and his understanding on, on the mechanics are kind of how to make a film be there yeah, I, think he would, I think he'd work well in a Coen Brothers movie I think he would as well. I, just, I, I think, you know, Combrell's done that, you know, the, the Legend of Buster Scruggs recently, and they seem to, they, the Combrell's have a real knack for doing the kind of Western, yeah. even a modern day Western they seem to have a knack for doing, so putting him into, putting Neeson into that world, I think he could definitely play it up and, yeah. and have something. Frank, how do you think he would do something with Tarantino? I mean, I, 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 without a doubt he could definitely do something with Tarantino, yeah. whether or not what it would be in I'm sure he was talking about him. Working with Tarantino at one point, yeah, maybe because um, he, he does monologue quite well. He's oh, exactly. He knows how, and he's got the gravitas. And he's yeah, got the voices yeah, there. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. 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 actually, yeah. Quentin. Um, yeah, Quentin. Cast Liam Neeson in something. Fairly not. Kevin Smith make a fucking weird, bizarre movie where he dresses up as a fucking ducky. Does something? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I hope Neeson works more. On to some cinema viewings. So we'll start with the one film we've both seen. Which is? Which is Venom. 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 Venom yeah. um, directed by Ruben Fleischer. Do you know what he did? No. The Zombieland. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that, actually. I've just forgotten. Gangster yeah. Squad. Yep. And also 30 Minutes or Less. I don't know that. Jess Eisenberg one. Um, not bad. So, the plot of this film is... <laughs> Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. Photographer. Ed, photographer. Journalist. Journalist. Yep. Inherits some bizarre powers from an alien being... That basically unlock that so sort of unlocks. That's a symbiote. Sorry, it's a symbiote yeah. that is its own creature, yeah. but latches on to Eddie Brock in order to stay alive. But yeah. they have they form a bond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uncomfortable truth. Uncomfortable truth. Yeah, yeah. They, they both need each other to stay alive. Yeah, yeah essentially. Um, at the same time, Riz Ahmed, who's the main bad guy, is trying to get this symbiote in order to so, use for weaponization. Different symbiote because there's there's many wandering around. Yeah, yeah. They, they basically they, you know, yeah. the space exploration discovered them, crashes in Earth, and these kind of alien life forms are spread over in the Earth, and there's five of them contained. In, and Venom yeah. decides he wants to fight back. Yeah, and becomes a sort of anti-hero of sorts. Yeah. So you get Tom Hardy playing Venom, Eddie Brock, Michelle Williams is playing the love interest. Yep. Riz Ahmed plays the baddie. The bad guy. 
you've also got Jenny Slate turning up as well. Who was she? Was she the doctor? She's the doctor, the main, the main, uh, she's yeah. in Hotel Artemis, she does a lot of voices of stuff, I, I like her as an actress. Um, and also you got Reed Scott from Veep, who I really like as an actor, he plays Smarmy very well. He's the, the second boyfriend of Michelle Williams. Right, yep. The other love interest. Yeah, he's got a comment with me. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this thing? I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> Words said by no one so far. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge fan of Venom. Yep. Um, Venom is he's probably one of the most iconic Marvel characters. I would say. Modern. Modern, yeah, modern, modern era, yeah, yes. Modern, but yeah, I mean, he's instantly recognisable. Yes. Um, he, he's. On paper, he's like Deadpool, he's a fun character. You know, he, he can be, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he kind of bends the rules, twists the rules, and you know, he's a bit of a dick and stuff like that. Um, as we said earlier on, we almost kind of got Venom in Spider-Man 3, but it just kind of missed the point, yep. um, which I believe Sam Raimi was definitely opposed to. He was not a fan of the character, no. He wanted yeah. to owl, I think he wanted to do it. Something like that, and it was, he was kind of told because this is a hard time, we've then since said, fuck, we made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually, I think they've got Venom, right. Um, now, I'm not saying this was an amazing movie, what I'm saying is they got Venom right because in essence Venom is he's a dick. Yeah. You know he's he's a fucking anti-hero dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they they kind of got that. They understood that. You know I mean this, he's just a big asshole, and that's all he is. You know. I think um, on to my my favourite subject, Tom Hardy. What do you think of Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy's Venom is awfully good. Right. Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. I think he he kind of captured the the fear and. It's this guy that's taken over by an alien suit and he captured you know, I'm kind of scared and stuff but I don't know what to do but I'm excited because I've got yeah. this power he captured that well I just don't understand him all the time Agreed uh, but also Eddie Brock's a character who in the comic books has never, has never been like a nailed down version of who this character is yeah. he, there, there have been different incarnations of the Eddie Brock version of yeah, you know, the, the so definitely. it's not like Peter Parker when you have a very earnest yeah. way of playing him Captain America to an extent of you know, Iron Man they've changed a lot but characters are that sort of nailed down version of what you want to see Eddie Brock has you know, swayed from being at one point he's like a, I'm sure at one point he's like a, an assassin and at other points he's you know a guy dying of cancer and stuff like that you know and yeah, that's yeah. why he involves himself in these studies and stuff like that so there's diff- so he's not really playing to any he's making his own version of Eddie Brock character well, up you know, fair enough he gave him a performance yeah, he might not be giving a performance to the director particularly knew what the fuck he was doing but he gave yeah. him a performance yeah. you know there's a couple of scenes when he has going almost I would say caging levels of crazy at, at times the restaurant scene He's having fun though. Yes, he does seem to be having enjoyment, yeah, he does seem to be having fun. I don't think anyone in the film didn't look like they were having fun. I think Riz Ahmed was severely miscast. I didn't have any threat to him at all. None. The, the bit where he's fighting with, with Eddie Brock, and I'm like, he couldn't fight. I, I, I thought that as well. Was like, bag, you know? yes. <laughs> he could be having a fist with yeah. him, you know. I thought that as well. It was, um, it was badly cast. He, yeah, he never had any menace at all. Um, so I think he was miscast. I think Michelle Williams was a complete misunderstanding. She's one of the best actresses out there just now. She's fucking a genius actor. And she was given nothing, nothing to do. To do. Yeah, um, you, you, Tom Hardy, who's been given, I think he's got two nominations, doesn't he, as an Oscar? I'm yeah. pretty sure. And I think Michelle Williams has got three, possibly. Yeah. It felt a complete waste to have them and not use them the way they should be used. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it felt like it's a, you should put them together almost every opportunity to make sure they're working with each other. People say, you know, that superhero films are never going to be Oscar winners. You know, but what do you mean, so you can still have some good performances. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, for sure. And, you know, it was just a bit, a bit kind of missed on it. I, th- I think it was it was fun. I didn't come out thinking I was cheated. I think, you know, God, I've not done Venom right again. I, you know, I enjoyed seeing Venom as a big hulking asshole. Yep. It's pretty much what it was. It was just full of sarcasm and shitty one-liners. And I enjoyed seeing you know his arms morphing into a warhammer and yeah, shit yeah. like that. And that, some of it was taken from page to screen, and, and that was nice. You know, so it was just iconic shots. Mm. And, you know, as a comic book geek, then what more can I? You liked it, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I, <did>. um, <laughs> I did. I think it's a film from the wrong era. I think it's a film from 1996. Well, it feels like that. It feels like Marvel pre Blade. Not visually, I don't think. I think visually as well. Mm. I think everything about it felt because I thought some of the CGI was atrocious. Some of it was particularly the big end scene when it's the two hulking bodies fighting each other. I enjoyed it. I didn't mind it so much. I, I, I thought the car chase that, that performs the central point of the film I thought was just incoherent for most of it. It was fast at times. It didn't really know what the hell was going on. Um, 
final third, I thought I had way too much CGI in it. Again, it's the same problem. Marvel's had the same problem with all their films, where it's like sometimes you get two big giant things fighting each other, and it's all CGI. I lose interest. Even Black Panther, or even fighting the opposite of each other. You know, yeah. so you've got you know, in Ant Man, you had a guy in a red suit fighting a guy in a yellow suit, yeah. and Black Panther, you had a guy in a black suit fighting a guy in a blue suit. Dark blue suit. You've got you know, in Iron Man, you had um, Iron Man fighting the War Machine. You know, mm-hmm. so it's basically it's fighting their opposite. You know. And I think when you do that, you can, I, I, I kind of lose a wee bit of interest, especially when you see it's all CGI and stuff like that. Um, I, I did like Hardy in it. Like, he, he is doing a performance. He goes for it, yeah. Yeah, he's made choices. Sometimes the choices are completely fucking batshit and stupid and insane, but for what they were, they were, they were choices he made and they were working yeah, for that he, point. he committed to the role, definitely. And for me, he kind of say anything that's not negative about Hardy is... Yeah, no, agreed. Um, <laughs> um, but like you said, wrestling casts are, are criminally yeah. underused. And yeah. sometimes, like you said, particularly in Riz Ahmed's case, badly over, badly under, badly cast as well. Yeah. Um, but these, like Tom Hardy, Michelle, and Riz Ahmed, they're all actors who have got a lot of credence and a lot of like, kudos behind them. So yeah. the fact they said yes to this script makes me wonder: was there something else down on page that they've decided, you know, they want to do this? And I then guess right here, the speculation again. But if this film gets close to what Marvel's got so if eventually you know it, it does tie its way to the, the DC unit the Marvel, Marvel Universe yeah somehow then you know the sky's the limit true because um, it is the Venom film has a real fault which is really hard to do a Venom film and not mention at some point Spider-Man which is I think they've done amazing because there was no association at all which I think is completely it's insane am- but it's amazing that they've done it I was, I was like wow there's right. not been one Fucking reference. Which I think is totally stupid. Nuts. I Absolutely insane. No, not one. Not one mention at all. Nothing, nothing. It'll try to do a Red Skull film and not mention Captain America at some point. It's, it's insane, isn't it? It but, just but makes it. no sense. Well. It's a really, it's I a suppose, b- think, I mean, if you look at Marvel, I mean, look at the caliber actors they're getting. Yeah. And, you know, these guys are taking home pretty much money. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's a fucking issue. Maybe that's why Michelle Williams done it. Possibly. Michelle yeah. Williams done a lot of films recently with indie yeah. making... What a credit, what, what, what kudos for them, yeah. but maybe not taking home a huge paycheck. Maybe yeah. she wanted to try and get, maybe she wanted something that just made a bit of money. And yeah, this is it, possibly. Because she has got that sweet, sweet Dawson money. Dawson money, I think that's maybe run out. No, Dawson money, that'll never run out. Do you think so? Based on how much I'm watching it, just it's never going to run out. <laughs> just me alone. Um, she, she has become fantastic actress. She, she really has, you know. I mean, you watched her back then, and Dawson, you know, she was good, but you wouldn't have thought. Then, you know, wild look at her she's just... Yeah, she's, what, she's up for fantastic actress. So, my overall opinion is fun moments at times, with, particularly with Hardy, but it's a, I thought it was a real muddled misfire. Yeah. Out of ten, we can give it? I would give it seven and a half. Yeah. I'd give it six. Yeah. Well, average out of six and a half. Six and a half, yeah. Which means it's, it's, not a, it's not an absolute shitstorm that people thought it was going to be. I, I, I still stand by, if you're any kind of comic fan, you won't come out after thinking that wasn't the Venom that I wanted. I Venom, Venom is definitely Venom. I agree with that, yes. But all that. He's an arsehole. Um, the, the jump line was... Yeah. That was really... That was fine. It, it's definitely yeah. Venom, is there. So, yeah, so... Do you think they missed a chance but the, the, without spoilers, the dog? They should have done the whole... We thought we were going to do it. Do yes. You know what I mean? No. They never... I mean, they wasted it. Yeah. It yeah. That's what I feel as well. We could do it, we could do it. Never not going far enough, I think, is a big point in that film because it didn't go for a 12, it went for a 15 rating. That's right, yeah. And it maybe could have went a little bit further in its rating because it didn't really do anything in the rating. You go film, you go, oh shit, that's why it's a 15. Yeah. I'll only yeah. said fuck a couple of times yeah. and all the violence was pretty neutral, I thought. It was. Uh, they could have, if they're going to go for a 15, go, just fucking go for it. Go, yeah. go, go. Either go for your kid audience or go R rated. And if you go R rated, you're going to get a better audience. People yeah. will go, you know, shit, I want to see an R rated superhero. Yeah. You know, Logan proves that. Yeah. You know, Deadpool proves that. You know, you go all out for it. But it didn't, they, sort of, they felt scared. I, I agree with that. that. That was a real shame to yeah. have done that. Um, and maybe, because there was a lot of talk uh, to, to have Spider Man in it, it would have had to have yeah, made 12. It 12. Yeah. Um, then fucking do that. Do, do it. Make, make it 12. Make it 12 with Spider Man in it. Defense and yeah, it was a muddled decision for it. Um, so yeah, so we're saying, we're saying not as often you think it is, but still not great for myself. You you enjoyed it more. Um, up next one I've seen you've not seen it's called Johnny English Strikes Again, <laughs> directed by David Kerr, um, who is a veteran of British television, um, starring Rowan Atkinson, Emma Thompson, Ben Miller, Jake Lacey, and Olga Kurienko. She's one of the Bond girls from Casino Royale, I think it was. 
Okay. Plot of this film is John. Um, all the um, there's a plot. There's a plot. All the MI5 <laughs> agents are exposed, so they have to go back into their, their um, back catalogue and find someone who's retired and no longer in use to, to help solve an issue. Um, the only one left they can use is Johnny English, okay, <laughs> played by Rowan Atkinson, um, and he's got to try and uncover a plot as to why someone is causing not virtual terrorism, like sort of like the hacking things and stopping things and ruining things, so he's got to try and figure out who it is and why they're doing it. It's a very British caper. Fuck. Yes. Um, severely constrained by its budget. You can tell it's definitely not got a big budget. There's a lot of sets, you think, I think they maybe just had one set to use and they've not really <laughs> had anywhere else to shoot. Because they've been here... They've been a lot here. of stuff happens in the same place. In the same room, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel that Atkinson finds this character a lot more fun than anyone else involved in it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes, sometimes comedians latch onto these characters that people they love for some reason. And you're like, no, I don't get you it. You because yeah. who was it? Who was the one that um, Man the Moon? Who was the Man the Moon guy again? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman he had yeah. that real kind of like. Oh, yeah. Was it the kind of agent they had? It was like the kind of fat guy done at one point. Oh, remember? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's that, and everyone he seemed to love doing that guy, but no one else liked it. But he got it, so he, he was got. Like, well, he, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I, yeah. as I want. And I feel this is a bit like that with Rowan He knows this. He likes this character for some reason. I don't know what it is about the character he likes a lot, but I just don't get it. Um, because of that, and it's very much a Rowan Atkinson vehicle. Mm-hmm. Supporting cast have nothing to do. Yeah. Very little to do. Like almost nothing to do. Emma Thompson is Emma fucking Thompson. Give her something to do. Yeah. She's a national treasure, you know. Yeah. Let's she can act. She can act, yeah. you know. Anything. She, yeah. she can act anything. Yeah, she can play you. She can yeah. play me. She can play both of us at the same time. You know, Emma Thompson can do everything. Better than we can. Better than we can, yeah. I'll let Emma Thompson play my life, yeah, you know. Just doesn't get any, just a chance to do. Just doesn't get a chance to do anything. I feel like that's a fucking real shame because like, yeah. Emma's goddamn Thompson. Ben Miller as well, again, can be a really funny comedian. Doesn't get anything to do at all. Just everyone is there purely to play a foil. Yeah. And a butt of a joke for Rowan Atkinson, and even though the, the butt of the joke should be the John English character, somehow he makes it. Everyone else is stupid, and he's not. Is this like in the writers' heads and stuff like that? Is this a British naked gun? I think, and that's I think that's what they want to go for. Yeah. But it's a long way short of Naked yeah, Gun. Yeah, it's only short of Naked Gun three, which tells you a lot. Is it aimed at? A global market, or is it is it a British clique? Because we've got the humour. You know, sometimes the humour doesn't translate over the pond. It's true. Um, um, is it you know is it possibly there could be an audience outside of Britain because they like the whole British upper crustness and you know that kind of British yeah. thing. But I just don't see this film being that much of interest to anyone abroad. Yeah, although no Atkins to an extent. Um, he just has wee private screenings in his wee house. He's like, come and come and watch my film. I feel Atkinson can do better. You know, he's always a great actor and he's always a great comedian. But this is just this is devoid of interest. Do you think there's more to him than Mr. Bean? Blackadder. That was thirty years ago now. True. So, so how long ago was Bean though? I think, I think it still turns out. I think it'll be not. Doesn't do like animated series and stuff. Like that as well. I think that's a while. Old. I think that's old now yeah. as well. I think, you know, the last film we done was about 10 years old now, I think, at least 10 years yeah, old. When it's, he it's been a while. I'm trying to think what else I've seen him in. And again, that's the thing, because he has, he has those two roles, isn't he? He's, he's Mr. Bean or, or, or Blackadder. Essentially. I mean, I know from not the 9 o'clock news as well. And I really like the thin blue line as well, that used to be on I TV. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that, was in that role? Yeah, 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 he was in that as well. So, um, just, I just felt... It just, it just felt poor, to be honest. The only I'll give it a shout-out for it is that, for some reason, it referenced North Ayrshire. <laughs> a specific part no, yes no just says there's a there's a junction box in North Ayrshire that controls the entire internet oh yeah. that's pretty random <laughs> but I've never seen a film reference North Ayrshire before and I'm from North Ayrshire so, so it was like, like I'll, I'll, take that I'll take that from the bank that an extra point in yeah. the score yeah just for yeah, just for that one thing um, that gets it a 5.5 out of 10 <laughs> wow I'm, I'm surprised because I, I, I would expect to come out of there feeling quite angry and cheated. And it's not Mordecai bad, there is, it's, it's done decent enough and imagine a lot of people watching on a Sunday afternoon might get a few giggles from it, but overall it is pretty, it's below, it's below average to be honest, yeah. but it's, it's pretty poor. Um, bit of a shame. So yeah, moving on from that one to um, a film that's not out yet in general release, but I saw it on an advanced preview, which is called The Hate You Give, mm. directed by George Tillman Jr., who did uh, Men of Honour. 
which I really like. Notorious as well, but B.I.G. Um, the Longest Ride, which is how dirty than it actually is. Is that the one with Clint Eastwood on it? Yes, yeah. yeah, that one, yeah. So That's a kind of odd going from that to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plot of this film is essentially it's a um, young girl who is living a dual life. She's living on in the sort of the, the, the black side of the city, the sort of the more run-down area. But mum and dad are scrimping enough together to put her into a private school so she's not going to the, high school, the local high school and fall into the gang lifestyle. So she's living this sort of quote-unquote white lifestyle from yeah. Monday to Friday. But then after hours and weekends she has a sort of, again, quote-unquote ghetto lifestyle yeah. and she's sort of like doing, you know, out in the parties and stuff like that. Well, at a party, she's got a lift home from a boy and the people pulled over by the police. Yeah. Um, the police, he does something, the police shoot him yeah. and kill him. Yeah. Um, and it's from that moment the film sort of develops into like her trying to understand who she is in the world because in the world she was quite sheltered because she was living this sort of white lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. She becomes face to face with like who she is and what it means to be be a person of colour in yeah. America at this time, um, and try to stand up to that and understand the world is not the way she thought it was around her. Um, that's going to be it. It's, it's, it's not based on a true story, I don't think. Based on a book. Yeah. But I think it's telling the story of a thousand different stories. You know, it's sort of amalgamating a lot of things that have happened in America over the past yeah. well, 70, 80, 100 years into one sort of concise story. Does it have the same kind of power and general effect as, say, like the Black Clansman? No, it doesn't. But um, we'll, we'll move on to that in a minute. But I mean, I suppose it's obviously a different film, but yeah. you know, the, yeah, the, you know, the subject matters. There's a route, the route there, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got Amanda Steinberg who's in it. Who was in the film? Who's, she plays Rue in Hunger Games, which is also in The Darkest Minds recently, and also Everything, Everything, Everything. She's in as well. Mm. She's actually she's interested. She's actually been a really good actress. I'm really. I don't think I've seen her, but I know who she is. She's, seen her in she is getting good. I've, I've, a lot of buzz, and I can see she's turned into a really good actress in the future. Yeah. Um, Regina Hall plays her mum. Um, Russell Hornsby plays her dad, who I know from Grimm. If you watch Grimm. Yeah. He plays like the police officer in Grimm. I'm like, oh, that's cool that he's in that. He's doing well. <laughs> um, Anthony Mackie's in it as well, playing like, a gang lord. And he was like Common, playing her uncle. Um, so I think Common's ever going to get a real name? Hopefully someday. Yeah, I think it's just Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's come to a point. It's, it's, it's like the rock, I mean, it's like he's doing Joyce now. You know, you do get to a point where you know what? Although Ice T is a cunt. He's, he's, he's still going with Ice T, isn't he? He's like, you know, no, I'm fucking Ice T. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to fucking Did Ice Cube ever go with anything on Ice Cube? Um, I think he's still Ice Cube as well. Because his son doesn't go by, his son goes by, he's like. Curtis, Curtis Jackson. Curtis Jackson, yeah. 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 By the way, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. It is very hard hitting because you are watching a film where you realise that although this story itself is not true, the general what it's trying to put across is obviously not is happening and it's happened. It has happened and is happening a lot of time. Um, so it does in that case it does feel important. However, it is there is about twenty percent too much story because I have a story about the cop shooting the kid and the cop maybe not getting any sort of. Uh, criminal case against them. That's going on at one point. You've also got a story about how the gangs are wanting to influence the girl not to um, go on like, the grand jury because mm. if she does that, the police might start clamping down the local area and putting them out of business. And then you get the dad as an ex-gang member and also the uncle, played by Common, as a police officer. And it's like this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. So, so a there's a lot of story there and it felt like... it felt like because Does it detract from the message? Yes, that's what I thought. Yeah. It, felt like it, it felt like so much story there that the film feels too long. I think the film clocks in it just over two hours or maybe just bang on two hours. But because there's so much story, you feel like if you trim just some of that out, you can maybe have done without the gang. Lord part, you know, the actual story itself of, yeah. like, you know... How do I, do I want to go up? Do I want to, she sees her worry is like, I'll be the one girl at my school now who's seen someone get killed. Or I don't want to be the girl that's suddenly become the ghetto girl when I've done so hard not to be seen as that in my school. Yeah. So she's worried about how this will affect her when I'm you know, continuing in life. And you can be, you could have just had that story, you know, how it affects her relationship with her family and things like that. Right. But by adding in this other development with the uncle and with the ex-gang and everything, it just, it just takes it away from it. It goes and goes. It's so... Not in any kind of derivative way or shit way, but it sounds like a TV movie to me. Uh, no, I think it's better than a TV movie. Yeah. Definitely has a, and definitely felt like a, a cinematic enough to watch. Right. Um, the Stenberg is very solid in the lead role. I like really liked in the role. The rest of the cast are pretty good. Um, Hornsby as a dad I thought was excellent. Um, but some roles, because of the, the briefness they have, 
they do feel caricature. Like Auntie Mackie just feels like your typical gangster yeah. who works in the neighbourhood. Common just feels like the typical people who like you know the black guy who became a cop and no one likes him anymore. Yeah. And he's warring with his brother-in-law. It felt it felt too. You've seen it a hundred times before, and you needed maybe not to have it there. But for is, lot, it, is it Oscar worthy? Mm, I would say no. Nothing about it. I would say if you need to talk to anything, I'd maybe say Stenberg in the lead role was very, very good, but I think she's long way short of Oscar nomination. Um, I think the film does it is important and it is a good film to watch, but then I would say something like Fruitvale Station did the same thing, yeah. but done it better and done it more concisely and had a far more impactful way of doing it, and that was a true story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, I mean, even something like Detroit or like say Black Klansman, yeah. I think they make a, I think they get to the point and make a point better than this one does. Yeah. It's just too too much. It's trying to tell you too much. Too much, when yes. To focus on just take away two strands of story yeah. and focus on the one thing. You're you're at a very solid, very impactful film, and this one is still impactful. But if you just had one thing, it would be even more impactful. How long did it run for? I think close to two hours, if not a bit over two hours. Right. Did it feel? Maybe there was points when it did feel like it was a bit. It was dragging. Yeah, like it felt. I was losing interest yeah. a little bit. Which you shouldn't do in a film. You know, with such yeah such a weighty issue. And, yeah. You know, the, the kind of climate today. It shouldn't. Get yeah. yeah, but no, definitely, definitely worth a watch. We get a chance to watch it. Um, I give it a seven out of ten. Yeah. You know, so there's definitely a lot there to really yeah. enjoy. But I felt that they could have done so much more if they just trimmed a little bit. You know, smart editing. Be smart. Okay, we've mentioned this before. Four, yeah. Smart editing. You don't need five plot strands. Sometimes two is enough. Give me a two-hour film. I'll give you a five-minute commercial. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, and on to the final film that I saw this week that you've not seen that I'm trying to try not to spoil for you in any way oh, shape or form big one. is A Star Is Born Star Is Born directed by Bradley Cooper which is a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake of a freedom so 1937, 1954 and 1976 and um, this one and this a remake of a remake because everyone on the film gets some sort of story credit so the guy who made the 1937 version has gets a story credit on this yeah, yeah so yeah. directed by Bradley Cooper um, debut feature yeah um, like I said, the fourth version of the film. So I've never seen the 1937 version. I think I've seen the 54 version. That's one with James Mason and Judy Garland. Yeah. And, um, 76 with Robert Streisand and Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Have you seen any of them? No, I've no. not. I thought you were seeing. I thought you later would have made you watch them. I don't think I've seen the Streisand one. I'm not sure. I might have, but if I have, I've totally forgot it. Totally forgot it. Yeah, completely. So I'm going to see. No, I haven't. Yeah. So the basic plot of the film is there is a a rock star, or in this case, a country star who's very famous. I think he's got a very Steve Earle voice about him. Yes. Hasn't he? Yeah. I think that's who's modelling himself on. Mm, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Steve Earle. Um, so Bradley Cooper plays this country star who's still selling out stadiums. One night after a gig, he goes to a bar and he meets Lady Gaga, who is singing in the bar. He becomes infatuated with her. He begins to see her as this wonderful starlet. Um, takes her on tour, gets her on stage one night, sings a song from that her star takes off and a star is born mm. as her star rises his star dips, dips and falls and there's the dynamic there of the changing roles um, and it's the relationship unfolding from that so that's the basic story of the film so like I say Lady Gaga plays the, the star essentially Bradley Cooper plays the other star um, you've also got Sam Elliott in it as well who plays guess who he plays in the film Bradley Cooper's dad dad Bradley Cooper's brother brother oh they do a thing where Bradley Cooper's dad was like had him when he was like 65, 67. Right. So. Do you okay? So Sam, ah, so it, 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 the, the, the mask could work. 30, 30 years between them, 35 years. Yes, but they, they do have a very much a father-son role. Yeah. That's the idea that he raised them. Yeah, but that's through the plane. I think. Well, Sam Elliott, isn't it? Sam Elliott, fucking Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott is never bad at anything. He's just like, he's a big warm blanket. He is. Like Sam Elliott swears better than anyone else on the planet. Yeah, just that voice. Also got Dave Chappelle in it as well. I've not really seen much. Dave okay, he's not playing comedy in this. No, he's playing, playing it straight. Is good? He's only got maybe two scenes in it, but very strong in them. And he was like Andrew Dice Clay as well. He plays the dad. Uh, right, tell me about because he Andrew Dice Clay. Everyone does know is in the eighties was controversial for, for for just being this film of what horrible person that would just come out with the most horrible nasty jokes and pick on the most easy targets you can. Is that what he was? That what he, I, I don't know who he was. No, well, he no. was terrible. I mean, take Dennis Leary and make him, you know, a nasty, nasty male person. Oh, right, okay. He was horrible. Right, okay. No, he poked fun at, you know, the disabled, he was racist, homophobic. Seriously? Like really, really bad. Oh, right, okay. That, that was one of the So I'm intrigued to see 
him. And this is playing a he plays Lady Gaga's dad in this film. And he's sort of like he's sort of as a guy who thought he could have been big in the past because he thought he had the voice of Sinatra, but didn't have the the kudos with the mafia or something right. ahead. Um, but he's basically playing a gangster, essentially, right, like a, a, a low-level gangster. Which I would get because he's got a swagger. Yeah, he has. Yeah. yeah. Um, this film, it's I would say, like this film, I was intrigued to see it because I, I think Bradley Cooper's an interesting actor. And also intrigued to see his debut feature. And he's obviously he has a filmmaker. You see, you see that in him when he's talking. He's, he's, a, he's an actor's actor. I feel you know, right. he, like I think De Niro might be his hero and stuff like that. You know, Clint Eastwood and stuff that like that. Like what? Yeah, um, Clint Eastwood also guys like that. So, for the first hour, it, I thought it was fantastic. Like I loved it. I thought the the, the meet cute of them meeting, them falling in love, and them sort of the relationship growing and, and where it's kind of going, and, and basically up to the point where this point where she and him and her, sorry, not that point where they sing on stage, but that after they sing on stage together, the moment she's singing a song on the piano on stage, that to me was the crescendo of the film. At that point, that's where I really that film. It peaked at that point. I loved it up to that point. The next forty minutes, I felt just it meandered, kind of drags, and just sort of I was kind of a wee bit dulled by it for the next forty minutes. Um, it then had a little kind of bump up again when something mm. happens, and that makes you interest. And then it slides for the final twenty-five minutes into sort of the ending. Yeah, so it was like the first hour phenomenal, second hour kind of a little bit forgettable. Um, but did you cry? The bit when they're singing on stage, it's in the trailer when they're singing on yeah. stage together for the first time, that is genuinely that fucking got me. Because I've heard a lot of people say, you know, that this maybe will, you know, you, you'll cry because it's... I think people will cry at different points, maybe at the ending of the film, that's what right. people get, but that's the bit that got me. Um, what I would say is, well, try and see this film in a, a cinema with a good sound system. Yeah. Because when they show the live concerts, it's like they're, it's like they're recording, it's like they're almost recording live. So they must they must double down the bass or something. I can see a bit when the kick drum goes. Yeah. You feel it at like like, like at a live gig. Like the, it goes oh. up through your body and it, you feel your heart. Yeah. You know your heart does that Resonates double buck. Well. Yeah. So when the, the, the gigs are playing live, it does really well. So get a good sound system. Yeah. Um, Gaga obviously getting a lot of um, buzz. She's she a lot of buzz. I mean, Oscars and all sorts getting you know from her race. She's, she's yeah. She is very good. Not denying that, but I would argue that she is definitely playing herself to an extent. There's sort of she's playing an extension of herself. You know, she's not playing a bat. She's not playing like a, a hitman or something like. That. She's playing something that's sort of she's like playing a singer. Playing a singer on stage who came from nothing and done well. You know, so like I think she knows that role. I think she knows how to play that. You know, because she's essentially done that. Um, Cooper very solid in the role. Always, yeah. always. His impression. He's doing a Samuel Elliott voice. Okay. Which, which again works really well because Sam Elliott's brother, that's yeah. his dad essentially, so he's copying Sam Elliott's voice and that's the voice he got. Can they do it, yeah? Yeah. He, does it. he doesn't do the thing that who is it, um, Jeff Produce does sometimes when he falls into sort of that kind of grumble, you don't yeah. understand what he's saying. He's almost always, a of that, yeah. He's almost pretty legible in this film, so yeah, that was the good thing about it. Okay. He plays the rock star role kind of pretty well. Yeah. You know, he, he actually, you can believe him as a, a, a guy who's had, essentially what you're getting is he's had, he's had one massive hit. Right. And the rest of life's been a sort of a series of fans love him, but maybe not quite reached that huge. But you know, maybe I sense like a Steve Earle had yeah. one massive hit back in the I, day. I definitely get Steve Earle when I'm when yeah. I the bits of stumble. He's channeling Steve Earle. Right? Like I mean, I would not be surprised if it was. Maybe yeah. even like maybe a bit of Johnny Cash in there yeah. as well. But yeah, definitely channeling that. Yeah. Um, songs are all catchy enough. Um, soundtrack's going to be huge. I think people are loving yeah. the soundtrack. Definitely going to be huge. Country music's got. Big fall you don't forget how big it is here. Yeah, yeah. even Britain is big ma- as well. Yeah, massive, massive fall. People love it. Um, is it going to get Oscar noise? It is, it is going to get Oscar noise. It's, it's going to get Oscar noise. It's think probably going to win a couple. It's a film that Hollywood loves. Yeah. It's a film, it's a redemption story to an extent. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a film about being famous, maybe, which music is in there. Music in there as well. Is, I wouldn't say Oscar baiting because it's you know, but it's, it's, yeah. it is an Oscar it's an Oscar film and also the fact that it's referencing previous Hollywood films of great mystique you know yeah. It, yeah. that is something they like as well yeah. you know so I feel it's going to get a lot of buzz for that yeah. um, I like I said I thoroughly enjoyed it not enough Sam Elliott which I would say that about every film Sam Elliott, yeah. yeah who doesn't love fucking Sam Elliott man, <laughs> man is a god um, the first hour I give a ten out of ten wow. second hour six out of ten. Probably the last 15 minutes. Again, six, six and a half, yeah. Because I've seen the originals, I knew something had to happen, and it does happen. How to do it is interesting, it's different from the other ones, but I still knew knew something had to happen somewhere. Um, So so it's a film of two halves. Most definitely. Even Jill said this, she went so with me, she loved it as well, but she said 
she loved the first hour and the second hour she felt like dead dip. Like she cry? Mm, well, no, I don't think so. I think she got a bit teary one bit, but not yeah. full on blown tears like a idiot. Des- I'm going to try and go and see it next week. Yeah. I'm desperate to see it. So once I've seen it, I'll give you my, my thoughts on yeah. that. But this is what this is like. I want, I've wanted to see this more than I want to see Venom. Venom, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm giving it a solid 8 out of 10. Well, yes. You know, for any movies, not so Yeah, definitely. Not a film. It's a fantastic film. Go and see it. I, I can totally see why people absolutely adore it. Yeah. Um, it's not as saccharine as I thought it was going to be, which I think is a saviour of it. I think yeah. it could get to be you know, too sweet, and yeah. that would really put you off it. No, I generally really liked it a lot. Cool. So that was the last film I saw last week. Um, next week? Next week we have... Still out, we've got Night School. Which I don't... I'm, do you know what? I don't find I'm just like, yeah. 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 I'm, I like Kevin Hart, but I'm yeah. just, I'm not, I'm just, it doesn't interest me. It seems, it seems buried as well. It doesn't seem there's much interest in it. Yeah. But it's still in cinema and it was the number one film in Britain and America. Because it is Kevin Hart. Oh, no, yeah. I've done that. Can I take a look at that? So that's out. Um, out new, we've got First Man. With everyone's favourite Ryan. Or is he everyone's favourite? Because there's two Ryans, isn't there? Gosling, still the Gosling. Yeah, he's, he's young Hercules. He's young he always was young Hercules. That's the new young Hercules, yeah. Always. Uh, always. So young Gosling in it. Um, <laughs> based on sort of Neil Armstrong. With yeah. You know, and it's Damien Chazelle from Whiplash and La La Land directing yeah, it. This is not an Oscar contender. This, There's no doubts about it. You know, I think this could this be it, definitely. Yeah. Gosling could be up. He's probably won an Oscar before. Yeah, he has. He won it for... For Young Hercules. Not for Young Hercules. So I'm sure he's won an Oscar. He won an Oscar before. Um, La La Land. La La Land. He won it for La La Land, yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Could be the first since Tom Hanks last night done back-to-back, wasn't he? Possibly, yeah. So this could be... Back-to-back. Gosling, possibly. Maybe. And you also got Battle at the El Royale. Which I'm intrigued by, but I'm really worried it's going to be one that I'm so looked forward to that it's Let's going to down be, a little bit. Yeah, it's going yeah. to be terrible. It feels like a kind of film that Hollywood used to do well with that kind of 30, 40 million budget. Yeah. Like kind of action film that, you know. Where's someone you assume at a hotel recently? The hotel, hotel Artemis. I'm worried it's going to be like that, where you're going to go and get, think you're going to get one film come out thinking that Different. really wasn't it? Yeah. what I went to see. So, yeah. reserved. I'm looking forward to it though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, because it's October week, we've got some kid, some kiddie films out. you get got Smallfoot. Smallfoot, which is. The Yeti's take on us being, oh my god, it's a human. So they're, they're, they're monsters. Yeah, um, very good fun. Good voice cast, you can and Tatum playing the main one. So, um, yeah, that looks cute and friendly and yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, you've also got Goosebumps 2, which I think is Haunted Mansion, I think it's called. I enjoyed the first one probably more than most people. I love the first one, um, the first one was yeah. fantastic. Um, so, this was. This one seems like a different, this one seems cheaper. But as I was saying to you, it seems to have limited viewings, but you seem to think it's a kind of pre release because it's a kid's quality. And then it'll be a proper release later, yeah. I'm intrigued by it. with that one. Yeah. And also, one I think we can talk about next week because it's out on Netflix yesterday. Yeah, I've not seen it yet. It's a film called July 22nd. It's all about the Norwegian shootings that happened back in 2011. Right, because there's two films. There's one out in the cinema in November, but this one's on Netflix. This one's right. done by Paul Greengrass. Right. So that's out this week as well. Okay, so I'll try and watch that. Watch that one at least, yeah. Something to talk about next week. Yeah. So what's out? Tell people what to find us, Paul. Um, you can find us in all the usual places. So it's free beers in the movie at Gmail, at Instagram, at Twitter, and on Facebook as well. So give us some, give us some love. I've been Colin McKay. I've been Richard Laird. And we're. Three beers in a movie.